2: hello (laughs) i'm just open on daily mail for some reason and i have a great story to start us off with which is yes this is my butt says victoria beckham about her new campaign what? And she's selling, like, bodysuits, shrubby skims. Wow, that's crazy. That's a, crazy. a picture of a butt. It's like, yeah, they're not underwear, but they're bodysuits.
3: What does that mean? I
2: don't really understand.
3: Oh, as in just yeah. what? Rosie Huntington-Whiteley
2: Her Zara from Zara, suits.
3: which I also bought in black.
2: Did you? I've always yeah. wished I bought one secretly. Yeah, but I don't know where it is. I've lost it now. A secret wish. You know how everyone's cancelling tinks, which will... I think, talk about in Patreon. Yes. But I found in amongst the cancellation her Met Gala commentary from a few years ago (laughs) and on a picture of Kate Bosworth she wrote, there's only room for one boring white blonde woman here. It's either Kate Bosworth or Rosie Huntington. One has to go. That is true. (laughs) And I was like, that's true. And it's Kate Bosworth, sadly.
3: Okay. Odd that Victoria Beckham is doing that, but I guess –
2: I don't know what to say about it.
3: I guess it makes sense. I'm this am obsessed.
2: so funny. Yes, this is my butt in caps. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Lizzo releasing a shapewear line. The fact that I can't remember what it's called is a bad
3: sign. I can't remember what it's called either. It's a
2: forgettable name.
3: No, it's it's like a childhood nickname, but I can't remember what it was. What was it? Yiddy. Yiddy, yeah. I I like that she's doing that. But I also think Skims has just got such a huge pull in the marketplace.
2: My feeling is thus. Kim Kardashian is going to be criticized as doing a shameless celebrity grab, so her product actually has to be great. Whereas Lizzo has so much goodwill from the public that she doesn't need to invest in the product being as good.
3: I know. What's really annoying about... People like the Kardashians and actually this segues very well into what we were we just decided we're going to talk about as well but one second ago what's annoying about them is that they have so 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 much money that they can make any brand amazing before they launch it so I remember when Kendall Jenner launched 818 tequila Mm -hmm. and she was like well for years and years this tequila has been winning every award because it's so brilliant that without anyone knowing it's my tequila brand they're just been like anonymously submitting it into all of these tequila competitions and it was winning them all mm. and that's because they have billions of dollars to put behind making the best tequila in the entire world so obviously it's going to be good and it's the same same goes with skims and i'm not saying Lizzo doesn't have the money but it's just it's interesting how then they think of that as being them getting around the fact that it's their tequila brand when really it's like absolutely showing in full force that it's her tequila brand because she has the money to be able to put behind it.
2: Exactly. And I still think with 818 and Skims, I'm assuming, maybe I'm incorrect, but you know how so many of these brands are like pre-existing brands or someone's idea where they've like bought it to the celebrity and given them the credit as founders or whatever to make sure the product gets the publicity – I feel as if all of these Kardashian enterprises, like the Kylie lip kits, I don't think Kylie sat down and was like, everyone talks about my lips. I should make a lip kit. I think someone presented Christiana with the idea of like capitalizing on this way and they were the factory that made it or had the contact and blah, blah, blah and have a 10% stake in it or something. Mm. But then it all looks like Kylie's business and she gets the Forbes self-made thing.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. I was even thinking about it yesterday with... Frankie's Bikinis which is a bikini brand I'd never even heard of but now that I'm across it I'm realizing I have been seeing its bikinis on the mm-hmm. lines of Gigi Hadid and co for a while and basically yesterday Frankie's Bikinis came out with a collaboration with Gigi Hadid and in it that she talks about how this girl Francesca Alio or A-A-L-O? We were just talking about how I can't pronounce any words just before. (laughs) No, I'm looking
2: her up now, yeah. Um,
3: And she's been friends with Gigi since school, since primary school in Malibu, which means she's obviously absolutely filthy rich. Mm -hmm. So she launched Frankie's Bikinis, probably with her parents' money, allegedly, (laughs) coming out of my mouth. (laughs) And then Victoria's Secret last month bought an 18 million US dollar stake in Frankie's Bikinis. So she's now
2: rich, rich through that and so many brands like that's that will be like just having that name recognition okay Gigi Hadid and blah 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 everyone's worn it therefore I get investment capital therefore if you inject 18 million dollars into a business it's like kind of hard to fuck that up like yeah. I know, we both watched We Crashed, so we know it's possible. Yes, but once you have once you have people that are believing in you and backing it, then you can just scale and say, okay, I'm going to lend- end up end up in every shop. I'm going to pay influencers, and then you just keep making more and more money, and so the cycle continues. I know, rigged. <laughs> yeah, it
3: is. I know. I was just thinking that though when she <laughs> releases this collaboration with Gigi and says we've been friends since primary school. I was like, that that's you admitting to being really 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 rich before you founded your family at least before you founded this bikini label which you then put all your celebrity friends in as a result of being really really rich and growing up with them which victoria's secret just invested millions in it is very rigged um but yeah speaking of we crashed which is a brilliant way to show that you can lose all your money i finally watched it and i binged the whole thing i know you were saying on the pod that it's really watchable and i should watch it but i just i've been finding it really hard to focus on tv shows like the dropout i've i have dropped off i've dropped off kind of everything but this for some reason just absolutely hooked me so it's obviously about WeWork, the founder adam newman and his wife rebecca paltrow newman i love so much that she kept the paltrow in her name Same. when she married him it is long but for some reason i didn't here, i was reading a vulture review and they kind of tore it up and were saying that it was like way too long and also i think that it did focus way too much on their relationship but that's what i found quite interesting yeah. but then when you think about the things that the show missed it didn't talk about anything about kind of what it was like really to work there in that time or whether they were unionizing or they mentioned really offhandedly which i knew because i'd read a Vanity Fair profile on him that he bought the rights to, to the word we he trademarked we and then sold it back to his own company for like five million us dollars
2: it's incredible and they just
3: gloss over stuff like that there must be so much
2: insane shit that was happening i even thought yeah like you said i thought the staff were going to be such a central focus there's that girl they set up from the start the blonde mm. girl where i thought oh this is going to be a story of like the true despicable nature of we work it's going to show that she was I don't know, just overworked and emotionally abused or like something really bad happened and all that happens to her is that she buys a Birkin off eBay, which is insane and she deserves everything she gets if she does that Mm. and then had to sell it because their IPO didn't happen. I was like, that's not an arc.
3: I know. And then someone said she lost (laughs) $5,000 from that. I was like, God, I'm losing $5,000 off my fucking Depop purchases (laughs) because some girl um, yesterday – got me off Depop and got me into Instagram and then paid me less because she got me into Instagram and then still paid me via PayPal and I got all these fees through PayPal. I was like, I'm literally going to attack you. Yeah.
2: (laughs) PayPal is not okay. I fucking hate PayPal. I hate PayPal. I hate it. The long list of companies we hate – PayPal
3: is high. I was was bitching about it the other day because I set it up when I lived in New Zealand. I don't live in New Zealand anymore and you can't change the currency. So this girl was trying to pay me into my PayPal and it was trying to convert her pounds into New Zealand dollars. So I had to give her my boyfriend's PayPal and he was the one that broke the news that 10 less pounds came in because she didn't pay by her friends and family. So I got charged. I was like, I charged her less. Because of Depop fees. And then with this and the fucking tracking and sending,
2: I was Terrible. like, livid.
3: I'm going to burn PayPal to the ground. Yes. Agree.
2: Hard agree. I don't okay. know what we we're talking about, but. Rich people being crazy. Elon Musk bought Twitter. I think we're both in a similar position of not, not, caring, but <laughs> not caring. Not that caring that Not caring. Yeah. We're not Twitter girls, so I don't yeah fully understand jamila jamil went out in a blaze of glory saying now she's quit twitter but i don't believe it
3: <laughs> yeah zelia banks put something on instagram i don't know whether she was banned from twitter beforehand before elon bought it or something but she put something on instagram asking to be on twitter and then now she has an account because
2: <laughs> she had that weird like zola-esque capade at his house right with she... him and Grimes. What? Do you remember that? No. She was just tweeting that he, like, locked them in the house and was trying to have a threesome with her or something. So he's lit her on Twitter. He's lit her in I don't know why. I mean, again, yeah, I don't feel like an authority to talk about this, but I am kind of interested in the fact that what personal wealth has got to the point where – so Musk is worth, like, 200 billion, and he bought – Twitter, the whole of twitter which is how like x amount of the world communicates and like the key channel for political leaders and journalists for 44 million that's probably our equivalent to buying it for like a thousand
3: dollars yeah i was trying to think what would that be I, that would be probably a thousand
2: dollars <laughs> less <at> than a quarter <laughs> of your net worth <laughs> That would be $50,000 for That would be um, 50 pounds. 50 pounds. Like it's kind of, it's not pocket change, but it's kind of pocket change because you'll make money obviously back on it straight away. Mm. The Guardian did a really good, oh, sorry, not The Guardian. Um, the Daily did one of those like weekend reads about the rise of billionaires. It was very, very interesting. It was basically about how once you earn a certain amount of money or if you inherit a certain amount of money, it's like you have to we work style. You have to really fuck it up to lose it. Like everything is just set in place. I think it's something like if you have ten million dollars sitting in an account, you make four hundred thousand dollars a year just in compound interest or yeah, something. So
3: only spend that.
2: Yeah, like so you're just getting that yeah. like higher than the highest paid CEOs as a salary, just for leaving that. So imagine if you have over a billion.
3: Yeah, it's so wild. I was aspirational about <laughs> yeah i was thinking about adam newman and just how much he spent so he this is the we work guy so because we work was worth so much money which began as evaluation they just pulled out of their ass when they didn't even have like one location set up they didn't even explain all of that properly i was, that still was quite biggest, confused about that
2: i was con- i was like they didn't really explain how valuations work because those numbers were just bandied about. And I was like, I'd really like to understand. Yeah, this, so then I more. thought
3: when they were going to go to IPO to so become a publicly traded company, I thought all the banks were going to look through all their paperwork and value them super low. But because they bought all of this real estate in New York, he owned the most real estate in New York out of everyone, which
2: is so crazy for a while there. And he yeah. was like buying it right. He was buying up real estate and like leasing it back to WeWork. Like oh really high profits. Was he? Oh
3: my god. And yeah, so then he went to a bank and they wouldn't loan him any money. So he his company was worth billions, but then he had no money in his personal account. So then he went <laughs> I to a bank love him. and got them to Google him. And then so they gave him it was like three hundred and eighteen million dollars out of a personal loan that he was supposed to pay them back when the company started making money, but the company never started making money and it still is running at a loss today. So it's it's never ever made any profit, and I thought that was so crazy. But then it was like Amazon didn't make any profit for nine years.
2: It has an Uber still? I think Uber, Netflix, all these places run at like a never, loss. Yeah, run at a loss. It's so confusing. AWD is a more profitable <laughs> enterprise than WeWork, WeWork sure. Netflix, Amazon. I'm so um, wild. Yeah, WeWork doesn't deserve to make any money because they charge three hundred pounds a month for their shitty workspaces
3: yeah we work for a while I guess obviously the pandemic just fucks co-working spaces like that because before the pandemic we both had a co-working space that we went to every single day once we went freelance and I think most freelancers thought they needed that you Mm -hmm. need to leave the house and so I was leaving the house still and being on a rush hour train to get to our co-working space in the city I remember every day and now I'm like just waking up at home and having a shower and doing a leisurely workout if I feel like it, making some porridge, starting work. It's crazy. So I I assume a lot of people just haven't gone back to those co-working spaces. But for a while, WeWork was where a lot of businesses as well ran. That was
2: their office for businesses. I think it's a... uh, He obviously was a bit of a visionary. He didn't invent co-working spaces at all, but he had this like... Vision for it being the future of how businesses worked and traded, or whatever, which I do think is becoming more true in the pandemic since the pandemic, because everyone's lost a lot of people lost their jobs that are doing their own thing. But who knows? Yeah, I was
3: talking about the what's it called the industry the gig economy, gig economy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it sounds hideous. Did you see those TikToks of? People who worked at WeWork yeah. cutting together—it looks. I, I was like, this is my worst nightmare. I wouldn't last five minutes there. It looked no. horrible. But Rebecca Trugier. Paltrow Newman
3: is <laughs> fucking hilarious. There are so many moments. I think
2: Anne Hathaway. You weren't sure
3: about her as being.
2: I thought she did a great job. I just yeah. thought she she. She's a kind of interesting choice. Choice, but she's she makes it work.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she's so woo-woo. It's crazy. <laughs> and then she keeps getting all upset whenever someone, like, asks her about Gwyneth. And she had – because she's Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin, and she had all these aspirations of being an actor, but she sucked
2: at it. Rare, The Russian bit. I
3: know. And Hathaway
2: did such a good job with that. I was like, it's really hard to pretend to be a bad actor.
3: Yeah. Speaking of Netflix, <laughs> WeWork slash Apple TV doing a good old job – I'm watching Severance still. I kind of dropped off for a bit, but some AWD girlies who I got onto Severance through the pod and then stopped watching have said that it's really good once you dip back in.
2: I do want to watch it. I read an interview with Ben Stiller in Esquire, which is actually Mm -hmm. a really good piece, and he was basically talking about how he's a bit of a, I don't know, like Bill Hader, Matthew McConaughey, like always did comedies but had aspirations of doing something more serious and how this is like a long-term dream of his.
3: Yeah. So the show is good, but basically we're just reading a piece about how for the first time ever Netflix is at a loss, like as in it's losing subscribers and freaking out. And Vulture wrote a piece basically being like no one watches Netflix anymore.
2: I have to say I don't know if it's, like, confirmation bias, but I do feel as if this is the first time in my whole life I've considered quitting, not my whole life since it existed, (laughs) since I was a child, that I've considered quitting Netflix. I just don't – I don't know. I just don't use it that much anymore, and I find that I don't go on there. I used to go on there and just feel like I'd find something. Yeah. And now it feels like a bit of a – Sort of barren wasteland, but it's not that exciting thing where there's always something to. We're going to be (laughs) sponsored by Netflix next week, definitely. Of course. Yeah. Do you feel like that? I can't remember the last time, apart from like Love Is Blind season two, which was like terrible.
3: Yeah, I feel like that. I don't have my own subscription. I bandy on to my little sisters. (laughs)
2: She's I like, was like, I think I'm patient zero for Netflix because I'm the only person I know that has always paid for it. I used to pay for it right, for years. But then about a year and a half
3: ago, I started getting onto my stepmom's account, <laughs> which is my stepmom, my sister, and my sister's fiance. Nice. We all have accounts. And I'm pretty sure my boyfriend uses that account as well. But yeah, I, I'm never on Netflix anymore. I think it's because there's so many different, alternatives and especially being in the UK now. I basically will always instead of going to Netflix, I'll put on something like nigella Lawson's Cooking. Love. In the background, or I put on First Dates, which is my absolute favorite P Range show of all existence.
2: You need to watch more
3: First Dates. First Dates is so 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 good. They spend my friend is a producer. Nice. Not on First Date. Oh. <laughs> as in she's <laughs> a, like she's it. a producer in the same office as other people who work on first dates and she was talking about how long and rigorous the matchmaking process is, which it should be for these Mm -hmm. shows because they really want it to work out. And so they often, like more often than not more often than not, but very often will pair people up and they stay together and then they'll have reunion specials.
2: That's nice. And at the
3: end of every episode they show you who's been on more dates and who's still together and it's just very gorgeous. So
2: I'll put on that instead of Netflix. I think that that actually speaks to, I think there's two things. I think when Netflix launched, it was genuinely like disruptive in the sense. So I have this very potent memory of being so desperate to watch like season two of Real Housewives of Melbourne. And I just couldn't stream it anywhere. And I remember literally sending an email to Foxtel being like, how (laughs) can I not? How can you have this show that exists and I can't pay you? To watch it. Like I needed to install Foxtel in my house to watch it. And they were the only people that had it. And because it was so niche, you couldn't <laughs> download it anywhere. And I was so like flustered and upset. And I just think that all of these places that had great content, HBO, Apple, what are the other ones? Disney, mm. all of the big like uh Amazon now. Competitors to Netflix, they were just slow to adapt to it, so it was almost like Netflix always had a bit of a ticking time bomb on it because they were never going to completely monopolize streaming. So they had to compete on the content front, and like they seem to have just put no effort in the last few years into their content production.
3: I think they just don't understand what makes really good content. Which sounds insane, but yeah, basically they did things like paid Ryan Murphy an insane amount of money. Mm -hmm to get exclusive shows just from him or Shonda Rhimes, the same thing. And then they they have obviously done shows that have been really kind of bingeable like Emily in Paris or Bridgerton. But those shows really don't appeal to me. I know they appeal to a lot of people. I, just, I, haven't, I haven't watched, I've tried to, but haven't watched either of them. And then I think that what's kind of happening now with Netflix is it's because of yeah exactly like you say the competitive market and having to kind of compete for our eyeballs and compete for you know people aren't gonna have subscriptions to each one every one so you kind of need to pick they are now leaning into I was thinking about this the other day how much they're leaning into kind of what they wanted to disrupt in the first place which was cable tv and those shows Mm. that are really kind of trashy so things like Married at First Sight Australia. I would not be surprised. I know it's not on Netflix, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was on ne- if they bought the rights mm-hmm. for Netflix. Which mm-hmm. feels crazy when you think about the fact that Netflix, when it started, was things like Narcos and mm-hmm. really intense. Orange is the, the New Crown. Black, The yeah. Crown. Um, what's the one with House of Cards? Mm-hmm. All of those totally. really intense, dra- dramatic shows. What's the one with Hottie Cillian Murphy?
2: Oh, piggy One. Yeah, yeah,
3: stuff like that.
2: Like prestige. That's mm. what I think. I think with HBO, HBO has succeeded against the odds or whatever for 40 years, 50 years because they put so much priority on making the content really, really great. And I just find it bizarre that Netflix has so many employees. is such a huge company and their content department seems to be underfunded or like not have a really <laughs> smart person at the helm or something because like you say – Oh, I forgot so many of the shows that you are just talking about. That's what made Netflix in its golden era so great. And yet whenever you go on now, it's basically like Stranger Things season four. I'm like, why the fuck are they still doing that show? Mm. Selling Sunset season a billion, Love is Blind season whatever, Too Hot to Handle Spain. Like it's just these franchises that they just keep pumping content out from because they have no... New, I can't think of the last time a huge original idea of theirs did really well. Like apparently, the love was that stupid show with the guy with the huge dick. Oh, yeah. Apparently, they internally thought that was going to be the huge crazy, and it kind of was, but it was just so bad. Yeah, and I then, think that's that's yeah. what they
3: do is they they focus on shows that are written kind of for teenagers slash really early 20s that people will so shows like Bridgerton obviously did really well and people really did binge that show but because you binge it so fast it's just over so I don't know it's just over so fast and then we're on to the next thing and I just think that that kind of way of running a business is really unsustainable because we're going to watch it in two seconds whereas even with we crashed i know i binged it but it felt lengthy and it felt really well produced and it felt like
2: i don't know and it was staggered like yeah maybe by the time it came out you could watch a lot of episodes in a row but everyone had to wait week by week which even just makes it feel
3: yeah, they did that with the what ultimatum. Special? But I'm like, that's no, not, same not for the same ult- like, running
2: Netflix? I know. And even like you say yeah, that. Yeah, because basically I got to the end of the,
3: the ultimatum. Oh, my and God. And the last episode wasn't out. And I was like, wait, what? And I was really confused. And so I still have never watched the final episode because it wasn't out when I went to watch it. And I'm like, I don't care enough to check back in of when this fucking show is coming out.
2: That's silly. Yeah. And I think, like, the be- the things that Netflix has banked on, like the Dave Chappelle <laughs> $60 million deal obviously just backfired so hard. Dave Chappelle's walked away with, like, $20 million clean cash. Megan
3: and Harry, didn't they Meghan do a Netflix deal? And-
2: oh, yeah, they're Invictus Games, Doc. Stop. That's going to crash and burn heavily, my prediction. As much <laughs> as I love them, jada them, love them. <laughs> no, who wants to watch... They're so oversaturated. Like that's not when they signed that deal. They would have thought it meant something that it just doesn't mean now. And even Ryan Murphy, that makes sense on paper, but he's obviously now just churning out stuff to get it out of the way so he doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, you know, like I, Pose, the last four shows of them have been like Pose was great. No, but
3: Pose wasn't even a Netflix show. They right. they brought it onto Netflix. Right. But Pose was Pose was good. The Politician season one was kind of interest. It was kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Politician season two
2: dropped off. My Halston God. was fine, but not. Didn't watch it. I think this is, yeah. So I'm kind of curious how, and people are saying now to deal with it, they're going to start cracking down on password sharing or introduce ads. And it's like the second that happens, we're out of here. We are available to consult with you, Netflix <laughs> HQ, for a fee. What would we pitch them? That's for their ears only? I don't know. But, like.
3: Yeah, I'm sure we'd have a better idea. People then. like Jacin-
2: uh Why can't I say her name? Jacinza. Bravo. Yeah. People like Jeremy Harris, our fave guy, getting him to be a random, like, producer on Emily in Paris is random. Like, oh. you- people Bridge. I'm like, get people who are so hypey and just throw money in their faces until they make stuff for you.
3: Well, Amazon has already stolen her and paid her, what was it? 20 million US ah, dollars. Oh, that's right. So she has a deal with them. But even then, I am kind of, I do understand that someone like Phoebe Waller-Bridge made Fleabag. And is obviously very talented and very funny and very on the cuff. But I don't know, <laughs> coming from having zero experience in this world. I just don't know if that's the right way to go about things. But paying someone like that who's made one good show or a couple of good shows like ryan murphy even shonda Rhimes, a bunch
2: to be exclusively with them just grab new new people well yeah don't give them these crazy i I agree it breeds complacency yeah it's like Elita so obviously diehard sophia coppola fans would love her would die for her her movie in the rock on the rock sorry was just quite average. And then I found out afterwards that it was like an Apple TV production. Like they just wanted movies on this. So they just paid her to make a movie and you could just feel it. You could just feel that she got paid a bazillion dollars and just wanted out of her life and just wrote a script in like three days over one weekend and just filmed it the minimal way she had to. And it just felt very low effort because
3: it yeah. it's
2: not an artistic pursuit. It's like a financial
3: Think yeah. it's like how we
2: get paid for copywriting work like that's what it felt like her entire movie was which is crazy
3: yeah i think the way to go about it is either auctioning i guess that's what they kind of did books good books and turning them into shows which obviously is like hulu does such a good job of that
2: reese witherspoon reese witherspoon does such a great job of that <laughs> Big little Lies,
3: etc <laughs> And then also just reading new scripts and finding that next. I guess that's like hard. I don't know, but. We've I, got
2: an idea for you, Netflix. Read some scripts, read some books and turn them into shows. Why don't you read a book. Why don't okay. you consult with us? Consult with us. So you can get more of these great tips <laughs> might turn around your company. Um, it is funny, though,
3: because I guess you just don't know what's going to take off.
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: Yes, and companies just get too big, I think, to be able to go. Like when you're in it, like the We Crush thing, from the outside the problems are so obvious. And then when you're in there, you get into this like cult mind think, group think situation where no one can see what's right in front of them. Mm. And then all... We'll, do weird pivots that don't make any sense. On
3: to... So we've had multiple DMs Many requests from you guys to cover Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. What's interesting about this trial is it's still very much at its middle point. So it's quite Mm -hmm. hard to talk about in a complete way because Mm -hmm. it's not complete. But I do think it's interesting to start speaking about it now. And we can obviously talk about it more once Amber's uh, Testified. testified. But... I think we could just talk about things such as an overview of what's going on, an overview of the media circus. I didn't realize that – I didn't even realize what the trial was for. I just knew that there was this trial happening. But basically, Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for defamation over a 2018 Washington Post opinion piece she wrote in which she said she was a public figure representing domestic abuse. So he then sued her because as part of their divorce arrangement, so they finalized their divorce in 2017. She kept the dogs, he kept his island, and (laughs) they were not allowed to speak negatively about their marriage or divorce. And that came after, in 2016, when Amber Heard filed for divorce, she arrived with a bruised face saying that he had done it by throwing an iPhone at her. And then there was a judge that granted her a temporary restraining order. And then an LAPD spokesperson stated there was no evidence of a crime and it was all really weird and confusing. And this was the first time we had, we'd heard any domestic abuse allegations or anything like that. And I remember that being a really big deal at the time. And so then they settled their abuse case out of court. And as part of their divorce, she received that $7 million, which she donated to charity. And they released that joint statement saying our relationship was intensely passionate and at times volatile, but always bound by love. Neither party has made false accusations for financial gain. As part of their divorce settlement in 2017, both of them were prevented from speaking negatively about their marriage or their divorce. That was inserted into the settlement. And then in 2018, she wrote a Washington Post op-ed that spoke about her being a victim of domestic abuse, though she didn't name Johnny Depp in it. And the op-ed was off the back of the Me Too movement, where she spoke a lot in the piece, I just reread it, about what can be done legally to help victims of domestic... She kind of mentions her own story, and she does talk about how because of those accusations she'd made, she was followed by paparazzi, she was getting death threats every day by fans, she was dropped... But from a lot of work, she had a lot of people telling her she'd never work in the industry again. She was kind of basically making a point as saying that, you know, we've had all of this progress with the Me Too movement, but still women are being punished for coming forward. And then obviously she was kind of without saying his name, though, was breaking the terms of their divorce settlement. And then Johnny Depp had sued her for 50 million US dollars. She countersued for 100 million US dollars. And this is where
2: we're at. And this is after a UK trial, which happened last year, which in the UK, because they're fucking normal, these cases aren't live streamed to the public, so there was drips and drabs that came out, but it wasn't this huge circus that it is now. Depp was suing the Sun newspaper after J.K. Rowling. <laughs> like, what? Hollywood is crazy. Backed Johnny Depp being in the Fantastic Beasts sequel thing by saying she supported, had had information other people didn't have about the Amber Heard situation and was backing him. And then The Sun ran a story that said something about J.K. Rowling defending wife beater Depp. Depp sued The Sun and lost (laughs) like last year. And The Guardian did a really great piece about this. And they did an interview with a criminal lawyer who said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. He is expecting a different result. This is a different case under different law with different evidence, different parties and different witnesses, but it all comes down to the same basic allegation. And so what we're kind of seeing here is this horrible, intimate, (laughs) the horrible, intimate details of a very toxic relationship being dragged and pulled apart for total public consumption because Johnny Depp is so vehemently opposed to being in any way branded a domestic abuser or someone that abuses women, which I understand if you feel like you've been wrongfully accused of that, it is a career-ruining, career-ending thing that you would want to defend yourself against. But I think because so much evidence about this relationship has been in the public domain for so long, I find – a lot of the conversation trying to turn this into like a hero's journey redemption arc for Johnny Depp, quite bizarre. And that does feel, I know the internet isn't, I mean, it definitely isn't like TikTok and Twitter are kind of full of a specific kind of person, but those two social media platforms are like inundated with Johnny Depp stands which I didn't realize there was so many left. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Who like have this vitriolic, disgraceful hatred of her. And I am, I can't help it. I'm like watching the trial in real time constantly. I probably watched literally 10 to 12 hours of it at this point. And the way things that are presented in court are being reframed and twisted in the Twitter and TikTok rhetoric is so crazy with no discussion about the really obvious things that are being brought up that are very questionable about Johnny Depp's behavior.
3: I know. So the thing with the thing of this case which I think we should just say at the at yes. the outset is both of them have done things that are wrong yeah. and it was a very toxic and abusive relationship I think on both sides and I think that people are so quick People are basically just wanting so badly to pick one person as being a hero and one person as being a villain, and the person they're going to pick as being the hero is the person that they have seen and loved for years and years, who's mm-hmm. cultivated this insane audience. It's literally like a, if the it's a similar thing to like a Will Smith, the Will Smith situation mm. in some ways because it's like. There are so many people that love this man, so many people that think they know him. Amber Heard has never had that. Basically, from the minute she was thrust into the public eye, it was in, like, this situation, essentially. Mm -hmm. She met Johnny Depp in The Rum Diaries. He was with Vanessa Paradisi, with whom he has two children – I would love to know where Jack Depp is. I've like literally never seen him. He is aspirational.
2: He is like off
3: the grid, <laughs> living
2: his life, no Instagram, yeah. not discussed. <laughs> he's probably like 11. And, and, like, no, he's 20. Leroy's <laughs> Depp, obviously. I Googled him before, Jack Depp, before when we were talking about him. And the account came up at Jack Depp. And it's this like terrifying fan account with all pictures of him, no. like blurry paparazzi pictures of him when he's like seven.
3: Okay, so, yeah, so Amber Heard comes into things. She's kind of very publicly breaking up this relationship of 12 years. So already the public's not really on her side. Uh, They are together, and then basically she's, like, most famous for all of this stuff that's happened. And essentially what I'm seeing from watching snippets of this on social media and from watching the trial is johnny depp really is playing to the u.s audience and playing to the public's love of him that what he's wearing every day to court is really eccentric the way he's kind of responding to the judges not skinny but not fat put on her instagram this compilation of johnny depp kind of joking around whenever he would say something happened and then her team would say it was hearsay yeah And he would just be like, "Ah, hearsay, ha, ha, ha. Oh, hearsay again. And just really joking around and making the entire courtroom laugh to the point where the judge was saying she was going to send people out of the courtroom because it was such a, like, mess of people supporting him. And imagine just, I don't know, I'm just like, it's a really impossible – it's essentially what Amber Heard was saying in that 2018 piece, which is what he's suing her over – which is why this entire thing is happening is happening again in real time. And we're all such fucking like imbeciles that we get (laughs) so excited about this, a tie that this man is wearing that reminds us of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And we all forget about like what's going on. And I'm not saying that he's, a ba- the bad guy and she's the good guy at all i'm just saying it's like so insane
2: that this is where we're at as a society today agree i think it's he is so he's incredibly charming he's incredibly likable and he does have this it's like an archetype of manhood that i just it doesn't exist for women like the messy alcoholic fall asleep face down on the sand because you've drunk a bottle of whiskey which literally happened in the trial, Get drink five bottles of champagne on your private jet and start abusing the staff, which happened in the trial, texting your friends about getting, like texting your assistants about getting you bags of cocaine on the set of Pirates of the Caribbean, doing drugs with Marilyn Manson and joking about how you would feed him ecstasy pills to shut him up because he was talking too much. Like all of those things have just made him come across as more likable and more relatable and just spoken to this lovable complicated imperfect rogue <laughs> that he, has been his public like character that people have fallen in love with for so long and there is there is just no female equivalent to that there's no female equivalent to being really messy and really sloppy and being a lifelong alcohol and drug abuser who comes from an abused background who behaves in really appalling ways but just gets forgiven every single time because they're so likeable that just doesn't exist and i think whether Intentionally and manipulatively or not, he is using this trial as an opportunity to remind people why they fell in love with him in the first place. The Guardian did a really good piece where they wrote his deposition was arguably also an audition or a re audition designed to remind the public of his charisma and of why he had shot to fame at a young age in quirky romantic roles like Edward Scissorhands, Edward, and Dead Man. And I think that's so true watching it that you watch it and you just love him. And he has this vulnerability, so you want to protect him. And when you're having those feelings, the only logical thing is Amber Heard is a manipulative vixen wench who came in and ruined his life, whereas there's so much hideous evidence about the way he talks about women, the way he treats women, absolute indisputable facts about his drug abuse and how it impacted people around him, how she helped him through withdrawal multiple times, how he dissuaded her from taking jobs and from pursuing things in her career when she was 25, so at the exact moment her career should be taking off, she was rejecting work to help him through drug withdrawal. This reframing now of, like, he's this totally abused victim great guy that just fell in with the wrong girl is as misguided and crazy as her assertion that, like, she did absolutely nothing wrong and it was all him.
3: Mm. Yeah exactly what's interesting about this as well is is the the different ways we as a public view women abusing men and men abusing women and I think this case is kind of this weird rare example of a time where we are looking at Amber Heard as being the abusive one mm. and Johnny Depp is having done nothing wrong. And it's because we love Johnny Depp, but it was so crazy. I was literally watching the ultimatum and one of the guys had been out all night and then they didn't shut on the screen, but they showed them fighting when he got home and her saying something like, I'm so angry. I'm going to punch you. And then they didn't show her punching him on screen. But the next day they showed her kind of saying on screen that she'd punched him. Jesus. And then no one kind of talked about it or Went into it. And I saw on TikTok the other day, there was a video of someone Googling like men domestic abuse and nothing coming up that helped. It was some article that was just like, are you a pussy, basically? And then women domestic abuse, and there were all these helplines. And I think that this case could have just been this, I don't know, way we spoke about these things with more nuance and really talked about how damaging it can be to be in these relationships from both sides but instead Mm -hmm. we're like completely taking away any of the nuance around it Uh, because yeah I don't know I I just guess it's like because if on the ultimatum he had punched her it would have been this they wouldn't it would have been crazy Mm -hmm. they never would have shown it it would have been this insane like media circus no one's even talked about it I haven't Googled it, but I haven't read any articles about it or, like, anyone even speaking about that even happening who's watched the show. And at the time I was like, this is so insane. But, yeah,
2: I don't know. Yeah, totally agree. And like you say, it's obviously (laughs) in a relationship it's likely on the balance of probabilities that a man is kind of physically bigger and stronger than a woman, so them being violent is so much more impactful and therefore worse yeah yeah, exactly and there's that as well which is like another interesting nuance to it but it also doesn't mean that if you're like a 25 like she's this hot super fit supermodel-esque woman that her chucking like cans and bottles of vodka and having him literally have his finger cut off because she's throwing things at him punching him in the face hitting him as she has apologized for in audio clips they've released that that isn't painful or mentally scarring or abusive just because you're a man. Like like you say, that is so unnuanced to think that yeah. it therefore doesn't count.
3: Yeah, and then that, 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 that wouldn't provoke a
2: similar response if you've been having that happen to you. Yeah. And the emotional abuse I think is a really interesting thing because that's like a less discussed part of domestic violence relationships. Mm. But on both sides it seems like there's so much just hideous – messaging about each other and saying like her calling him a bad father and saying he's gonna die like fat old and alone and never get any work again and i think it's hard because i would just watch it and think god like if the worst parts yeah of anyone's relationship yeah. the worst things you've ever said in a fight like aired to the public it's just so unfair it doesn't actually give an indication of what your relationship yeah. is like or what who f- you are as a person. Yeah.
3: What's so funny is me and my boyfriend had this fight the other day. And I keep forgetting to tell you this because it was actually so fucking funny. <laughs> but then when I was trying to explain it to someone, I went to a wedding on Saturday. And I was trying to explain it to someone on Saturday. And it just didn't sound funny at all. It sounded mm-hmm. like insane. Mm-hmm. And I, and But he when we, like we have not stopped laughing about it because basically you know him and so you'll find this funny. And he was like, yeah. have you told Grace yet? And I was like, no. Cause I, d- I just like had forgotten, <laughs> but basically like we're having this fight because I took him to farm girl,
2: which is <laughs> and like, he thought it was shit.
3: and he thought it was like yeah.
2: horrible. And it then I horrible, said to my friend Hannah, like
3: yeah. I told her that and she was like, why would you take him to farm girl? <laughs> cherry ripe like pancakes. Yeah. I was like, the I Marta. wanted cherry ripe pancakes, literally, but it's just like very Bondi beach, like yeah. brunch spot. And my boyfriend is literally the opposite of that. And I just wanted to get some pancakes. I was like, I just think he wants like a, like crack Dan
2: Giros, yes. like van off the side of a street yeah. four hours out of London. Yes. Like it yeah. is,
3: it is the opposite of him. But I was like, I don't give a fuck what he wants. I want some cherry <laughs> pancakes. It's my day too. It's my, <laughs> so like, I was like, fuck you. So we went there and he like literally was just in that mood of like, everything sucks. This is shit. He was like, eggs and salmon, weird. I was like, that's so normal. That is, like, is. I'm yeah, no. fucking
2: kill you. We have to disagree. And on that so, like, point.
3: just winch about everything, basically, put me in like the worst mood. And you're like, can I just enjoy my cherry ripe right pancakes? These pancakes. Yeah, I didn't even like them in the end because I was like, they would, I, I, they just tasted too sweet because he just fucked me around all day. Do
2: I have a little tidbit for you? They deliver to my house and you don't have to wait in line. They come in like 20 minutes. Oh my God. So Are they good f- delivered? Yeah. We can do wow. Farm Girl from home. Wow. Whenever we want. It's like Ben's cookies
3: delivered to your house. You're in the, the hot spot. I'm in the hot spot of
2: Eats.
3: <laughs> So anyway, we like walk home. This is no Johnny Depp Amber Heard. <laughs> I'm just shit in the bed. <laughs> But it's because he didn't like the paint. Yeah, we walked home, and then I went upstairs and like slammed the door mm-hmm. to meditate because I was trying to calm myself down, or be a room And then he came upstairs and wasn't getting like a response from me, and was like standing there trying to start a fight, and then goes, "Fuck you," and then like slammed the door.
2: And I've then done that.
3: Opened it again and goes, "I hate you," and then slammed the door again, and then opened it again and goes, "And we should break up." <laughs> And then slammed the door again, and like went downstairs. And then I like sat upstairs and was like, "Should I go meditating?" I was like, "Should I go follow him?" And then I was like, "I really can't be fucked." And then turns out he went downstairs, fell asleep, had a nap for like two hours, and then woke up and was like, "I wonder if she's still here?" Because I was so like disastrously like crazy. And then he just came upstairs and we started laughing. But I was like, like imagine if someone was reading just shit like that out
2: in court. And they were, like, this is how toxic her and Johnny Depp's relationship got, where they were secretly recording each other all the time. So that's why they're <laughs> playing now in court all of these recordings of them having horrible, horrible fights where, like, Amber Heard obviously knows she's recording, so she's being very saccharine <laughs> Be like sweetie why are you angry and then he's going more crazy because he's like aware she's doing it it's like it is it's hideous but it's it's kind of funny and then he's obviously doing the same back as well so the whole thing the whole thing is just not fit for public consumption yeah. I think that and um, even though people think Johnny Depp has more to lose from this I think Amber Heard ultimately has more to lose from this and has lost it already because she yeah. doesn't she will never have the opportunity to build the reputation and, like, public affection that he has now because this is what she'll always be remembered by. And I think I it's don't even really think tragic. she'll ever work again. She'll never work. Like, after this, I would be surprised. Yeah. I hope she does because I think it's very unfair
3: to punish one of them. So she hasn't even done her testimony yet. So everything we're hearing is Johnny Depp's side right
2: now. Yeah, and he's still looking terrible. Like, yeah, in a. I think – I don't want to read – them out but I think anyone who is on this diehard Johnny Depp is a saint wagon needs to look up the weirdly not very shared text messages he sent to his friend the actor Paul Bettany about Amber Heard they're like heinous some of the most heinous things I've ever read a human being say about someone Mm. and the fact that that was read out during his own testimony this week when everyone's turning him into a saint he called Vanessa Paradis a extortionist cunt he talks about prostitutes he's got as like fat whores like he's not (laughs) this lovely people are complicated he can also be Jack Sparrow that visits sick kids at hospital and be not kind and abusive to the women in his life and that doesn't also mean that he super physically suffer, violent please. like it's just I don't, yeah i don't know i think maybe it's because like a lot of super young people are on twitter and tiktok and they're like brains aren't developed enough to <laughs> like when you're young you're very like who's good and who's bad i need to understand yeah so that's why it feels so depressing being on those apps
3: but it's not even TikTok, like it's not even just tiktok. I haven't I haven't been really seeing it on tiktok at all. And I was on Instagram and seeing not skinny but not fat sharing that and she's like a 30 whatever year old woman mm-hmm. with kids and married. Mm. And it's just like I don't know. It's all it's all really depressing. And then people were even saying like Amber Heard was copying his outfits in court. I was like, "Please, can we just have some" thing more interesting to say than calling her a villain even because she's wearing a suit and he wore a
2: suit i just like how far like i just find it so funny how far we go with these cultural conversations in the last five years and then when it comes to applying them to real life situations yes. everyone's just got fucking amnesia yes. like there's literally a psychologist who on johnny depp's team so this is someone who's testifying on his behalf she hasn't even had her own psychologist come in yet says that they would diagnose her with histrionic borderline personality disorder which is a severe mental illness and who knows whether or not that's like being used in his favor or not but the idea that someone who is being publicly discussed as having a severe mental illness and the psychologist literally said like this explains overreaction to abandonment this explains manipulative behavior this explains like overreacting and acting in violent ways it's related to childhood trauma it's related to Bob, like All of these things which you should just react to with empathy because we're expected to be empathetic to people with mental health struggles in any other context. Like, in this context, everyone's just forgetting that that conversation ever happened. Mm.
3: Yeah. It's gross. People are calling for it to be made, calling for the trial to be made, and it will be, probably by fucking Netflix. Probably by Ryan Murphy into American crime yeah into a documentary I don't know it's just gross it's just sad I'm like seeing things where it cuts from Johnny Depp on the on the stand kind of like smirking to like Amber Heard and I don't know I, it just makes me feel disgusting the whole thing Insane. and I can't help like I don't know I, I I feel like the opposite to everyone else like I can't help but just feel this affinity towards her. Like I just look at her and I and I and I'm not saying she wasn't abusive. And I'm not saying yeah. she probably wasn't the instigator. It kind of sounds like she was she was when you think about the fact that Vanessa Paradisi has, has said he was never like this in their relationship. But I know people do change and like addiction and things like that do uh continue to get worse. Like I know that from like personal experience of mm-hmm. people who had never suffered but just because someone acts one way with you doesn't mean they're not going to act a completely different way with someone else. Mm-hmm. And I know people who were never violent before who were then violent with their partner later, kind of thing. But I just can't help but just feel like just so upset for her.
2: I feel the same. I think as well, like knowing people, like close people to loved ones who have loved ones with personality disorders as well. I think I, I kind of had a suspicion, perhaps from what I'd read, that that might be something she suffers with because a lot of the ways she behaved and being very like armchair psychologist here, but just seemed to align with something mm. in that kind of family of mental health. And I just think turning that, how someone behaved in the intimacy of a marriage, suffering from mental health issues, dealing with the absolutely unimaginable stress of a much older partner. who was incredibly famous who has severe, severe, severe addiction issues and who it's your job to not only help them with them, but keep the public from knowing about them while you're also also trying to build your career. Again, you can act in ways that are very, very bad and accountability should happen. But I don't think that like global humiliation is the right accountability for it.
3: Like I always just think back to what Mm -hmm. happened with Carolyn Flack where it's kind of a similar situation. She was accused of domestic violence by Mm -hmm. her Mm ex-partner and she clearly was like suffering from a lot of issues and the public trial she went on in the UK because of those allegations, she ended up committing suicide. Yeah. And it's like I just can't help but think about things like that whenever this happens because I can't imagine it. It's like we, I suffer from depression just like a normal everyday person Mm -hmm. without this sort of stuff happening. Imagine if the entire world is against you. The reason she wrote that article in the
2: first place that she's now being sued for Mm -hmm. is because she was getting death threats daily. That's such a great example with Caroline Flack because if, God forbid, something happened to Amber Heard, the fucking public discourse would just run a mile in the other direction oh my god what about these texts actually johnny depp's a terrible person actually and i wouldn't be surprised honestly if in a week or two weeks time when she takes the stand and it's her team's opportunity to bring out new evidence that people haven't seen before if suddenly people run in the other direction again or all these johnny depp people suddenly disappear into the background i just think like people are just way too easily people so easily swayed by celebrity they're so quick to forgive. White men, Mm -hmm. and they're so obsessed with people being hot. Like, it's (laughs) everything about this Johnny Depp thing is because he girls had a crush on him when they were teenagers but i'm like
3: i had a fucking crush I know, on him we all wanted to fuck he, him he when was, he was dressed as
2: a pirate like it's fine It's literally fine. the love of my life <laughs> like and i'm over it like just get the fuck over it you're joking it's like the Jelena of- fans i'm like you're all 30 <laughs> like get Leave a fucking Haley life alone. it's so sad and tragic like that's how i feel about this i'm yes. like we all enjoyed pirates of the caribbean yes one through three Dib in 2012 fucking gorgeous like but <laughs> get over it oh my god get a fucking grip as you would say
3: is that a, a thing i would
2: say i feel like i do say i started saying grip. that because of you <laughs> get a grip get a grip do you think we're gonna get any negative reviews because of this probably Johnny if so Duck you're stands. at the wrong podcast i know just go elsewhere
3: yeah I mean, probably we'd probably saved it in that last 30 seconds of saying everyone wanted to fuck him as a pirate. <laughs> I used to masturbate to him as a pirate. Did you? Yeah.
2: You said something about being horny for him as the yeah. pirate oh before. Oh, totally. It's like
3: bringing back memes. I
2: was more of an Orlando Bloom girl, which I'm not proud yeah, of. That is foul. I know. I, it. I told you, didn't I? I wrote him a fan letter and he replied. <laughs> I was 12, Pitto. <laughs> Oh my it was like god. two grades from Orlando
1: Bloom. <laughs> <laughs>
3: first Orlando Bloom allegations come out on our pod.
2: But the first beat of the dominoes that it leads to. I'm kidding. <laughs> I have to
3: testify? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting pulled apart on TikTok. Your TikTok fame. It's me and him. Just <laughs> oh
2: god, why is that so funny? <laughs> and they're like, she's stressing the same as him. <laughs> Miranda um, Kerr's
3: like, I was at least twenty. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh <boy>. bye. Bye
1: <laughs> Cool fact.